We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. How you doing? Good. Good. Uh, we're going through the book of John, so we're going to uh, get into that today. I'm going to read a conversation Jesus had with a man named Nicodemus. What a good name that is, Nicodemus. Nico. And uh, I was thinking about that. Think about how many conversations you have in a day. Some of you would have more than others. We won't talk about who would wouldn't. But think of the amount of conversations you have in a day. And think about how many conversations of Jesus are recorded. He would have had thousands and thousands of more conversations that were recorded. So if they were recorded, must be for a pretty good reason. And so as you're reading the book of John, and if you're reading the words of Jesus, if you're reading what he's done, it's there for a reason. They're not flippantly putting in, I wonder what we should put in this 12th chapter. Now they could have. In one of the Gospels it said, no books can contain the words and acts of Jesus. So they were pretty purposeful. And so when you're reading, read with that purpose, hey, this is here for a reason. If it doesn't all make sense, maybe we've got to dig a bit deeper. But So we're going to read from the third chapter. John, verse 1, I believe we've got it up on the screens, and it says, There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Uh, He's coming at night because all the Pharisees didn't like Jesus. Nicodemus noticed something a little bit different. But you've got to meet at night so no one else can see. <laughs> Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you that... Sorry, we, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear that their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see what they're doing, what God wants. Incredible conversation. A Jewish leader, a Pharisee, uh, 
his whole mob and group are against Jesus, but he notices something different. And he comes to Jesus, and then Jesus just drops something. You have to be born again. Now, if you've been around church, you might have heard that word. If you haven't been around church, you might have heard that word. Especially Pentecostals and evangelists love the word. Born again. Are you born again? Oh, you've got to be born again. And uh, got to be careful with those words because sometimes we say them without reflecting on what they mean. And not that we misuse them, but we don't get the whole meaning. Got to be born again. Born again. And, uh, you know, it sounded a bit strange to Nicodemus, and for good reason. He hadn't heard that before. And so we're just going to dig a bit deeper on that, that term, born again. It's used in the first chapter of John as well. And uh, let's just pray. God, this is your word and your word to us. Jesus, your words to us. And I just pray that it makes it come alive in us today. And uh, we want to give you the glory and have you Lord of our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Born again. Jesus said, entering the kingdom of God, which is done through believing Jesus, which is following Jesus. Following Jesus means being born again. Now, obviously, he didn't mean it literally. That would be really weird. Like Nicodemus said, surely I can't go into my mother's womb. That's probably the strangest, weirdest thing that could happen, right? And so obviously he's using it as an example. And, but often we say it and we leave it there. But Jesus, like I said, there's so many conversations Jesus would have had, but this one is recorded. You have to be born again. Now, I'm sure everyone here knows how babies come about. Right, uh, we're not, we're not going to get into the details of that. Uh, your mum and dad should have sorted that one out when you were younger and, and in school. And we know how babies come about and how babies are born. And Jesus purposefully used this language to describe following him, being a disciple, being a Christian, being born again. And uh, just like the image of being born, as, we, as we're saved, as we're given life, as, we, as we're given eternity... It's being born again. And, and lucky for you, I'm an expert in childbirth. You're blessed today. You might have had someone come in who didn't know what they were talking about, but I'm got two babies, got another one coming, I've got it covered. And so uh, we, we'll, we'll go on a scientific journey today. No, we won't. But uh, we're going we're gonna to look at it because he used this language for a, a purpose. And I've got a few points today. The first one is, uh, Jesus did it for us. That sounds simple, but uh, you know, I witnessed my wife giving birth twice. And, and from my, my simple observations, uh, she did most of the work. Fair, fair to say? Fair to say, Talia? Yeah? I didn't do a whole lot. Uh, the baby didn't do a whole lot. Talia did most of the work. Right. Uh, our first child, we, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, I'm glad I'm a man. Um, she, her water broke in the middle of the night, and I'm, oh, I was asleep, and I just hopped in the shower and got myself ready. She said, what are you doing? I'm getting ready to go. And, um, and so we hit the car, and we were in our drossing, going to Women's and Children's, and imagine two hours of just constant contractions. And uh, none of this 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 10 minutes rubbish, just basically every minute. Uh, get to Adelaide, have a baby 30 minutes later. And so it was a pretty intense car ride. And uh, I was just doing my part, being safe, driving well. 
taken on my experience from Fast and Furious, but but, but safer. And uh, Tali was just not killing me or anyone else. And but if you've had a baby or if you know anything about babies, is the mum does the work. It hurts. It, it, it's a process, right? The baby doesn't do a whole lot. It's just born. He naturally gets in the right position, but the baby's not doing that. The body does that for the baby. And the mum gives birth to the baby. And even if it's a cesarean or something else, the mum curates the baby. Gets, you know what I mean? The baby doesn't do a whole lot. That's what I'm getting at. And we are born again, not because we do anything. Just as the mum does it, we, Jesus did it for us. He came to earth, he lived a perfect life, he laid down his life, he took sin and death onto himself, he's given us life. We didn't do it. We are given this, he has given us life. We are born again because of him. We didn't born ourselves. It sounds really weird, doesn't it? Because it's not true. We didn't born ourselves, we are born again, we are given life through Jesus and only Jesus. He is the Lord of the world, he is the author of of life. Second point is we're given life. This sounds simple, but we're going to go deeper. You know, when the baby's born, they want to hear the baby cry. Because when the baby cries, it means they're alive, they're breathing, they're making noise. The midwife say, well, they want to hear the baby cry. And the Bible says that, that when we're born again, when we follow Jesus, we're given life. We're already alive. It says we're given spiritual life. We're given life, and we're, we're given life now, but for eternity. You know, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, John three sixteen. for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life. Forever life. That's a famous verse. This was in the conversation with Jesus and Nicodemus. You are born again and you are given eternal life. Life forever. This is so big to grasp our, our mind around, isn't it? Jesus took sin and death onto himself so we're given life forever. That one day we'll die. Our physical bodies will die, but we'll have a home in heaven. For eternity. Eternity is a long time. We've been married five years in a few weeks. I feel like a lot's happened in that five years. There's like a, a third baby about to come. We've moved house, I don't know, but too many times. We've, we've done all sorts of travel. We've planned a church. A lot's happened in five years. And, and I was at a wedding last night. Pat, Pat and you, but we were partying on, weren't we, Pat? Yeah, we both left about midnight. You're doing well. What time did you leave? Four. Go, go, go. And... Uh, I was at this wedding and, and the, fathers, the father and the bride and the father and groom were giving a speech. I'm like, I'm not telling you, that's going to be me one day. I'm like, good Lord. Like, it's so far away, but it's going to happen in our life. Life feels so long. So much happens. I don't know how old you are, but a lot's happened in your life. Some you remember really vividly, some just, just happened. But a lot's happened. But it's nothing compared to eternity. And so Jesus says, I give you life for eternity when you're born again through the Spirit, because your body will die, but your spirit will live forever. 
when you're born again. We can't grasp it. It's so big, isn't it? It's so amazing. But in John 10, 10, it says, The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, he's not talking about heaven. He's talking about on earth. So he promises us that we're born again and we have life for eternity. But then he promises us, that says rich and satisfying life. Your version might say abundant life. He promises life on earth. See, being born again, following Jesus, isn't punching your ticket to heaven. That's why earth matters. You don't follow Jesus and like, all right, don't really care what happens to the world. Doesn't matter. It's going to die. I'm going to die. Oh, well, we're going to heaven. Uh, being a Christian isn't just waiting to be beamed up to heaven or, or can't wait to get out of this place. No, we're here for a reason. When you're gone, you'll be gone for a reason. But if you're here, you're here for a reason. And it's to have rich and satisfying life, abundant life, to not just experience heaven when our physical bodies die, but to experience heaven on earth, to bring heaven on earth because we're born again and we're given life. Life on earth. Rich and satisfying life. That's why earth matters. Abundant life now. What does that look like? What's the opposite? Chaos and fear. Jesus brings peace. That's abundant life. Sadness and despair. Jesus brings joy. Confusion and unknown. Jesus brings wisdom. Hurting. Jesus brings healing. Mourning. Jesus brings comfort. Isolation. Jesus brings community. And so he offers us abundant life. But it's actually not automatic. You know, me and Talia, we're responsible right now for the abundant life of our children. They're too young to create the peace and the love. We're responsible for the love they feel right now. We're responsible for the peace. We're responsible for all those things. But one day they'll have a decision on how they're going to live their life. And this, is, this goes into our next point, is when we're born again, we're given a new way to live. And they go together. This abundant life coincides with a new way to live. Because without the new way to live, we're not going to have abundant life. Jesus gives us a new way to live, and through that new way to live, we're given abundant life. Because you can believe in Jesus, you can believe he existed, you can believe he died, and you can believe he rose again, and not have abundant life. It actually happens all the time. For instance, you can believe Jesus existed, you can believe he died, you can believe he rose again, but have no peace. Because peace comes when you follow Jesus. Peace comes when he's Lord. Peace comes when you have the right perspective. You can believe Jesus died, you can believe he rose again, but you can have... uh, complete chaos in your relationships because Jesus talks about forgiveness he he talks about uh, choosing to see the best in each other he talks about encouraging he talks about giving life he talks about selfless love he talks about generosity so he gives us a new way to live and that's how we live in the abundant life when we're born again Colossians I think we've got it up on the screen Colossians uh, chapter 3 Since you have been raised to new life because we're born again with Christ, 
Set your sights on the realities of heaven. See, it doesn't say, when it says set your sights on the realities of heaven, it doesn't say just imagine being with Jesus in the clouds. <laughs> it's talking about earth. It says set your heart, sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in a place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So, because of the realities of heaven, put to death with sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an adulterer, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behaviour, slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature because you're made new, you're given life and you're born again. So put on your new nature and be renewed because you're new, you're born again and you're given life as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. I love how it says learn because it just says, it doesn't say just put on your new nature and be renewed, done. It's a process. <laughs> Seeing this abundant life is a process as we follow Jesus, as we learn his love, as we see it happening in our lives. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Abundant life. Jesus gives us a new way to live. His teachings were revolutionary for the time. And they still are today. Uh, He he says, forgive your enemies. What? Surely not. He says, value the foreigners and the oppressors. He says, love your neighbor, even if they disagree with you. He says, don't judge others. He says, it's not about your outward performance, but what's going on in your heart. Let me give you an example. Think of how Jesus talked about the value of money. He didn't say money's bad, but he says it's how you think and value money. Imagine the freedom and the abundant life that would give. You know, he talks about forgiveness. And we've all been there when we're holding on to something and the freedom comes and we can let it go. Think about the abundant life if we can take on this new way of living. He talks about not judging others. He says, worry about yourself. The freedom that comes when we just don't worry about what other people are doing, we just encourage them. It's a freeing feeling. It's an abundant life. He offers us life, eternity and forever, but our abundant life on earth is if we're willing to to follow this new way of living. And that's where we're going to read from the book of John. Because a baby grows up, don't they? They don't do a whole lot at all at the start. They're like a sack of meat. They just kind of sit there. And later, they are, they don't do anything. They sleep and eat and maybe cry a little bit until you feed them more. And then they'll start wiggling and they'll roll and then they'll make some noise and then suddenly they're crawling and walking and they'll grow up and they'll begin to care for themselves. And then one day, they might have children. It's crazy. And we're meant to grow in our faith like that. We come to know Jesus, and, and as we get to know Jesus, we, our, our walk strengthens and, we, and we, our faith steadies. So even when things happen, we're not as swayed, and we continue through life. And then we're actually meant to then care for someone else. 
Our faith doesn't start with us needing everything. We, we receive help from one another, then we can walk in Him. We're actually meant to care and lead and love others. This new life He promises us. Fourth point, we're given a new family in faith. Who's heard the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child? That's true, isn't it? Especially when you just have a baby. And uh, especially your first one, when you don't have a clue and you slept really well for a long time. And uh, this third one that's coming up, it'll be, it'll be easy. Well, we're already a little bit tired anyway, so let's keep it rolling. Right, I don't think it matters. At least I can do the nappy this time. I had no idea what I was doing the first time. Like, we had leaps and bounds of where we're going. But you need a village. I remember all the food dropped off, all the lasagnas. Quick tip, if you drop off food, put a bit of salad in. I reckon I had lasagna for two weeks, and I loved every minute of it, but I've never lost the five kilos that came, that came immediately after that first month of Myra. I remember I just used to sleep and eat lasagna, because I was tired and hungry, and then I've ne- never been the same. Right, so if you, if you make food for someone, make sure there's something green in it, and not just lasagna. But you need help, because you have a baby, and oh man, I don't know what's going on. You need help. You need a village. And then when you grow older, you need a village because sometimes they're not going to listen to you. <laughs> they're not going to look at you. And even this morning, Amara uh, was worshipping a bit and it's because she was watching other people worship. She was watching people on the stage worship. We need a village. I love that we've got a church where we've got an incredible kids team that values and where I love that our girls love here because you need a village to raise a child. You need help. The kid needs help, the parents need help, we need help. Right. And we're meant to grow in faith in the village as well. We need a village around us to pray for us, to encourage us, to, to spur one another on, to say, hey, Ben, come on, that's not the best thing, come over here. I need a village. It doesn't say Ben is the body of Christ. Right. Imagine that in the Bible. Christ is the head of his body. Ben. Head, Christ is the head of his body, Sarah. She's the church. No, no, no. Church is the body, it's all the people of Christ. And, and it takes a village to raise a kid, and it takes a village to, to grow in faith. And we don't just receive, but we give. Uh, we, we, we give prayer, we give encouragement, we give strength to one another. We need a village. You know, isolation faith doesn't work. And that's not how we were created to, to live in faith. And uh, when people are isolated, they, uh, you're always right, i found, when I'm isolated. Because I can only argue with myself. And uh, while it might be a little bit entertaining, it's probably not that life-giving. And uh, you can get judgmental, you can get cynical, you can you get in, you're stuck in your own perspective. And uh, actually, a lot of animals die, they go and isolate themselves. Isolation is the first step to spiritual death, right? We're meant to be in community. Now, it's imperfect, and that's because I'm there. <laughs> so if you want to be in community, if I'm there, uh, I might annoy you, or I might offend you, and I'm probably going to do something wrong, but it's the beauty of community, because we're all like that, and we all need strength together. I need prayer, you need prayer, I need encouragement, you need encouragement. Just as a baby, we, we have a new family of faith. We're sons and daughters. And if we're all sons and daughters of the same father, that's mean we're, that means we're family. It means we're family. 
We're given a new relationship with God. Hebrews talks about there's a new and life-giving way into the presence of God because of Jesus. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what it means. It's by what Jesus did on a cross, there is a new, there is a life-giving way to go straight into the presence of God. You know, when a baby is born, the attachment with the mother is so important. It's not for a couple of months that the baby realises that it's actually a different person. And they reckon the attachment in those first 6 to 12 months impacts years and years of development ahead. And because of Jesus, we're given a new and life-giving way to know God. At any moment, in any time, in any day, we can meet with God, we can receive from Him. And we don't have to have it all together. We don't have to go through the rituals, the religions, the traditions. We can meet with God as we are any moment, any day because of Jesus. A new and life-giving way to meet with God. How good's that? Because of Jesus. Last one. We are made new. Sounds very simple, but let's actually stop and think about that. Uh, Reincarnation uh, is not real. You don't be something in the past life and then come and... When, when we have a new baby in four to five weeks, it'll be new. We don't know, we haven't found out it's gender. If it's a boy or a girl, it'll be unique. It'll have new DNA. Uh, while it'll have similarities in hopefully sporting ability with a bit more height and uh, so we can make the pros. Uh, and Talia's grace and compassion. And it'll be unique. It'll be one of a kind. There'll be similarities. It might look like, but the, the child, the baby, will be one of a kind, unique, new. Not carry over, not something else, make new. The Bible says we're born again and we are made new. So we're either new or we're not. And it's hard to get our head around because we still exist did before we knew Jesus, and then we're still going to like make mistakes. But, but in, in, in 2 Corinthians it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. We're new, we're new. I have a friend who, who um, maybe more of an acquaintance because he's a bit of, bit of a wild man, but uh, he, he got suspended for 26 weeks in basketball a fair suspension and he didn't go to the tribunal so they doubled it right so he was suspended for 52 weeks and uh four more games and he's got a life ban wherever he goes right i won't tell you what he did i'll leave that to your imagination basketball um it carries over he could, his world could transform. He could be all about peace. He could get hit and he could apologise. He could be the nicest, kindest, most gentle, loving person in the world. He's still going to carry over. <laughs> Our gear doesn't carry over. We don't have carryover points. God doesn't have a little black book to bring up just in case we make the wrong decision. We're made new and you forever. We're forgiven and we're made free forever. And not just when we come to Jesus, but as we follow Jesus forever. 
Because just because you come to Jesus, like I said, doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, right? We're still going to make mistakes. We're still going to miss the mark like Darren talked about. But we are made new. We are made new. You and me, we are made new. The past doesn't carry over. The condemnation doesn't carry over. We are made new. I want you to get this today. You're not condemned. You're not condemned. Whatever it may have looked like in your past, whatever it looks like now, you are not condemned when you believe in Jesus. You are made new. You are forgiven. You are freed. Now, it might not always feel like it. <laughs> the way we live might not always look like it. But as we follow Jesus, as we follow his new way of living, as we know him, we are made new. You are made new. God hasn't got a little black book thinking, oh, Beth. Oh, I remember back in 1996, she did this and she's going to do it again soon. I can feel it. God's not up in, up in heaven thinking, oh, Leslie, I remember in 2002, she said this, and she just said it again. No. We are born again when we follow Jesus. He did it for us because we could never do it for ourselves. He through Jesus, he defeated sin and death. So we have eternity in heaven. Our eternity is secure. Our place in heaven is secure. But he promises us heaven and life on earth. And to live that out, he gives us a new way to live. He gives us a new family of faith to do it with us. We have a new relationship with the Father that is so available and so perfect. And you and me, we're made new. When we follow Jesus, we're made new. You and me, we're made new. As I was just praying over this, I just feel like there's some of us that, that you're stuck on the mistakes. You're stuck on the missed opportunities. Not just before you knew Jesus, but while you knew Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you're new. <laughs> you're new. You're new. You're new. What are happened to the band come? That'd be great. Now we're going to have a bit of time in worship and prayer in a minute, but it, it would be remiss of me to to talk about being born again, to talk about this new life, to talk about following Jesus without giving you an opportunity to do so. And uh, uh, I don't know if I know everyone here, I might, I might not, but I want to give that opportunity anyway. That if you walked in today and, and if you don't feel like you're following Jesus, or if you've never heard of it, but you want to, Jesus has already done it. You just got to start following him, start walking, start believing. It's as simple as that. And I'm just going to give you an opportunity, I'm going to pray in a minute. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes. And if that's you, I'm just going to ask you to put up your hand. Because what it does, it actually gives an outward action of an inward feeling. And, and nothing special whim is going to happen when you put that hand up. You're not going to be beamed up. or. But it's the start of a journey of following Jesus, of this new life, of this eternity he promises me and you. So if every eye closed, and God, I thank you for everyone here. 
God, you know every single person sitting here today. You love them so much. God, you knew them before they were born. God, you love them. They are so valuable to you. And you have incredible, abundant life for them, God. So if you want to respond to Jesus, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to, this example, being born again, if that's you, with every eye closed, I'm just going to count the frame. I'm going to ask you to put up your hand, then you can put it down, and I'm going to pray for everyone together. I'm not going to point you out or do anything like that. If that's you, why don't you just put up your hand when I count to three. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you. I thank you for those people, Lord God. I thank you that you love them. I thank you that you know them. All throughout their life, you've been with them and you love them. You've known them. And for the rest of their life, you're going to live, them, live with them and love them. Because you don't change. Your presence doesn't change. And so I pray for them, Lord God. I pray that you make the home in their hearts, God. Surround them in the village. Lord God, give them new life. Give them abundant life, God. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and your love. In the name of Jesus, amen. It says, humans can produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. The Holy Spirit is God's presence on earth. Jesus said, it's better that I leave so the Holy Spirit comes, because Jesus was one man, an incredibly productive one man, but one man, but the Holy Spirit, it's God's presence everywhere on earth so can be with us within us everywhere at once god's presence and it's the holy spirit that gives us life as we're filled with the spirit and and to be filled with the spirit is actually quite simple you just spend time with god because the holy spirit is god so you spend time with god you're filled with god it's not complicated and as we follow Jesus, as we, as we engage with this new way of living, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it gives us this life, this abundant life. So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it heals. When we're filled with the Spirit, it brings peace. When we're filled with the Spirit, it brings comfort and love. And that's how we deal with that stuff of condemnation. That's how we deal with the regret, regret and guilt and hurt. Because when we're filled with the Spirit, we're filled with God and God is love. And that's where we have the new life, the new way of living. When we're filled with the Spirit, as we're filled with God, that's when we deal with insecurities and fear, because we're filled with God as we follow Jesus. And we don't come to God to say, God, I'm going to come to you to deal with my fear. You can. But mate, let me suggest a better way is, God, I'm coming to you to meet with you. You're God, not me. You're probably going to know more than me. You probably know me better than I know myself, so you can do what you think you need to do. I'm just going to meet with you because you saved me. You are God. You have given me life, so I'm just going to come to you. I'm going to listen. I'm going to worship. I'm going to read. I'm going to try my best to obey, but your, your Holy Spirit gives life to me. And we're filled with the Spirit as we simply meet with God. So we're just going to have a bit of time in worship and I just want to uh, open this place up for prayer. And uh, if you're not feeling new, <laughs> and it's broad, yes, but I think it needs to be for, every, for We're all pretty different. <laughs> if you feel like you've, you're carrying a bit of 
bit of chaos or a bit of fear or a bit of hurt or a bit of condemnation. And Jesus says you're new, but you're... I'd love to pray for you today. Some of our team pray for you. That you'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. That you'd be filled with God. That you find abundant life in and only through Him. Because Jesus does it for us. We just follow and believe. So I'd actually love to pray for you. It talks about praying for each other in the Bible, and that's one thing the village, we're the village, that's one thing the village can do for each other, is to pray for each other, to speak God's word over each other, to, to prophesy, to speak God's love. And often God uses a man or woman of God to bless each other. So if you want prayer today, if you're struggling with someone, if you're, if you're not feeling new, if you're feeling like you're carrying something, I'm believing God's got freedom for you, He's got new love for you. So as we just start to worship, if you want prayer, I'm just going to invite you to come near the front and we'll pray for you. Um, we'll, we'll close the service in a few minutes, but we're just going to spend a bit of time in worship. So God, we thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your new and life-giving way. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, that Jesus, that you did it all for us. Thank you that you have given us eternity in heaven. You have given us life on earth. You have given us a new way to live. You've given us a new family of faith, a new way to relate to you, God, and you have made us new. And we thank you and we worship you and we meet with you in the name of Jesus. Amen.